and gentlemen, my name is John Elmore. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from... <laughs> like, thank God you're recovering. I've been in quarantine five and a half weeks. It's good to be out. Legit, the Regen team got quarantined. Thank you, that started it. Then my son Hill, then Penny, then Laura. So I've been dealing with situational depression. Thank you. It's good to be back with you too. Uh, I want to clap for you. I'm recovering from alcoholism, fear of man, and uh, this past week, I would say busyness, gluttony, man, just like giving into what my flesh wants instead of what I know my spirit needs. Hey, thank you. So uh, along with the Rolling Stones, you may have guessed, but we're continuing this series called Breaking Down the 12 Steps, like getting to the heart of what that is. People hear 12 steps and they're like, oh, secret society, secret handshake, only for people who stick needles in their arms. Like, what is that? It's for everybody. And so we're demystifying the 12 steps. We've walked through steps one through three. One, your powerless over sin. Two, God's all powerful. Therefore, three, trust in him. Now we come to four. Tonight is four. It's inventory in a word. And you're going to see it up on the screen. But what inventory is, is we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, meaning our life. And this isn't just like some sadomasochistic thing, like why in the earth would you ever do that? Why would you, why would you go back and look at all of that? Like, why would you do that to yourself? But rather it's because scripture tells us here in Psalm 51.6, where David sins, arguably one of his greatest sins, certainly the most like horrific in which he commits adultery, kills his buddy's wife, that was his bodyguard, by the way, after he finds out that his wife was pregnant, Uriah's, has him killed, still is trying to cover it up, and Nathan calls him out. He didn't make a searching and fearless moral inventory. Nathan, his good friend, was like, you are the man. And here's a psalm of brokenness and repentance before the Lord. And this is what he says. It's based on this in Psalm 51.6. Behold, God, you delight in truth in the inward being. And I want to stop for a second. Delight in truth in the inward being. When we're told in 1 John 1.9, if you sin, confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When it says confess, the word there is homologeo, to say the same, to say what actually is. It means to call a spade a spade, to go before God and say, this is it. And when he says, you delight in truth in the inward being, is like David's acknowledging, God, what you want is for me to lay bare before you what you already know in my inward being. Don't conceal anymore. Don't conceal anything. He continues and says, and you teach me wisdom. Where? In the secret heart. Wisdom, or chokmah in the Hebrew, is skilled living. What get David into this place was not skilled living. It was following the desires of the flesh. Uh, in the spring, when kings go off to war, there David is on his tower, looks down and sees a woman naked bathing and says, bring her to me. And what he would have seen her face to face and not from a distance would have been like, oh, that's Bathsheba, that's Uriah's wife. Sorry, go back to where you're from. And instead it was like, I'm gonna have you as if you're mine. And I'm gonna kill my friend. Not skilled living. And he says, you will teach me. 
You delight in truth, but now you're going to teach me wisdom to me so that I can live in a way that's good and right. He goes on to say in Psalm 51, then, after I repent, after I acknowledge this, then I'll be able to lead transgressors in your way, but not until then. And so there is a, there's a purposefulness to this inventory. Now, here's what I would say, is we hear this a lot, and we see this a lot. Statistically, you see people come into Regen, and there's two dips that happen. And I'm talking attendance dips. And it's here, it's inventory, and it's like, boom. And people, I mean, you may have experienced this. They ghost you on your Regen text. You're like, where'd they go? Well, they're not coming back. Like, what's going on? Like, I haven't seen them in three weeks. And it'll happen again in, in amends, because that's a scary one, too, to go and face the ones that you've harmed. Because you're a first-time guest, you're like, thanks, I'm out. I'm not waiting around to steps four and nine. But there is this um, reason why people skip out, and it's because it's hard, right? It, it's really difficult, because what an inventory is, that searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, is you're looking inward, like you're taking it off and looking inside. You're digging into the past. You're bringing, literally, your trash to the table. This is my trash, and I don't know what's in it which is kind of scary, right? It's like, okay, here, I'm going to unpack my trash in front of a thousand friends. But that's what an inventory is. And so when people are like, wait, wait, you want me to what? To, to go back to my past, my sexual sin, my recovery issue that brought me through the doors in the first place, which may be pornography or relationship addiction or codependency or, or a past abortion, whatever it may be. Like, you want me to go back through my past? Like, I'm trying to move forward. Why are you asking me to look backwards? And so we've got the recovery issue, the sexual sin, the harms done to me, the harms I've done to others, the anger, resentment, unforgiveness, these six categories of an inventory. And it's like, wait, why? Why on earth would you have me look backwards when all I want to do is go forwards? That doesn't make sense. And so I'm out. But let me tell you this. If you do not unpack the trash, you're destined to repeat your past. Or said otherwise, the reason why we unpack the trash is so that you don't repeat the past. Because in this trash, you will find of my life patterns, priorities, problems. It just is. Like forensics and detectives, they will go to crime scenes and they will go through the trash of suspects to try to see what they can learn about those individuals. To try to see, does the shoe fit? Can we find the motive? Can we find further evidence? And so you're pulling things out. Here's, here's one. So here's a milk jug. Our daughter is, uh, we think, has a dairy allergy. And I can tell you for a fact, she's had dairy this past week. She has drank milk from this jug. Why? Because I'd just rather not fight the tears. You know what that is? That's passivity. That's passivity as a guy where I'm like, you know what? It's going to make her upset. And I know it's not good for her health and she's going to suffer for it later, but she's five and she wants it. So I'll just give it to her because I'm tired. I, I, I don't have the strength for it. So here you go, Penny. Have some milk. Here's one. This is funny. Uh, pumpkin spice sandwich cookies. 
you got a problem too, huh? No temptation has seized you except what is coming to man. These are a little out of season, right? So whenever the snowstorm hits, Snowmageddon, my in-laws came over and, and my father-in-law, who's like got a gift of hospitality, uh, like Lois, you know, you're gonna benefit from this whenever you come to commencement or one of the region parties, uh, just hospitality, like loves people well. And he shows up with all this food. And I was like, my, my wife, literally, cause she knows me. She's like, no daddy, thanks. Take him away, take him out of the house, like please. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, here, John, take him. Well, yesterday I probably had, I think it was yesterday, it might've been the day before. I, I probably had 10 of these. My three-year-old Judd wanted one. I gave him two, cause I'm trying to raise an addict. And he literally, as he has two, and I'm just like pounding them with the milk. And by the way, I'm drinking the whole milk too, which I shouldn't be. I should not be drinking whole milk. I'm 45. I'm past whole milk. My three-year-old accountability partner walks up and he goes, no, daddy, don't eat them all. And I freaking did. I crushed that box. McDonald's nuggets. Yeah. I don't know what that represents. It's just gross. I mean, you gotta see this junk. I mean, are you kidding me? It's disgusting. Like me reaching in here, the smell that I'm picking up, because I haven't had COVID yet, so I can actually smell, is horrible. And there's, it's dangerous too. Like, golly, here's one. This is sick. I'm gonna touch it. I'm going all in. I made chicken meatballs this weekend. Guaranteed, guaranteed. I'm touching salmonella right now. This was ground chicken from Walmart, which is suspect anyway. <laughs> and so it's dangerous, right? Looking in your inventory, like, wait, you want me to do what? Like, no, man, you want me to go back and look at my abuse? I was sexually abused. Here, here, here's one, I planted this. That wasn't actually in the trash. I was like, I gotta find something that represents a door handle. I was locked inside a bathroom as a little boy and told that I couldn't leave until I did something sexual to another little boy. And so I, I, I stuck that one in there, but that's, that's in my inventory. It's like, why? That's, that's, that's harmful. That's painful. Why would you make me go through harms done to me or harms done to others? Or, or like the bills you might find in here that's like, why did you spend all of that money at Torchies in Amazon? Because I'm an addict and I need Jesus. But it does represent the priority in the past and the pressures and the problems and, and the reason why, again, we go through that. We do a searching, fearless, moral inventory. The reason why we unpack the trash is so that we don't take it into our future. You might say we, we are looking at our past in our present so we don't repeat it in the future because it does reveal patterns. It's just there. But here's the thing that I would tell you. So as you're looking at all of this, and the sick stuff that's in there, Laura literally, I went home, she's like, why are you home? It's Monday, you've got regen. I was like, I gotta get trash. And she was like, why? I was like, it's an illustration. She was like, babe, what if my stuff's in there? But that's how we feel, right? Wrong. Because tomorrow in Richardson, Texas, is trash day. And this trash, I'll never see again. This trash, I'm sitting on the curb, and it's gone, gone. I'll never, ever see that trash again. And so it is with your inventory. 
And no matter what you're going through, to look back to the past, painful as it may be, dangerous as it may be, hurtful as it may be, awkward as it may be, it's gross, it's sick, because it's sin. But it's not yours to carry. It's yours to look at, but you don't carry it so that you don't carry it forward. And here's the deal. Either you'll carry your sin or Jesus carries your sin. And the truth of the word of God found in Colossians chapter 2, 13 to 15, says that all of your sin, all of your trash, all the trash that was done to you was nailed to the cross and is disarmed the enemy. And it says in Revelation 12 that the accuser of the brethren, Satan, has gone off to make war against you, but that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony. That says, no, Satan, it's not mine anymore. It's not my trash. It was my trash. He took it away. The burden that was mine has been taken away. And not just like it's out of my scene. It's Psalm 103. As far as you're from the east is from the west, so as he separated your sins from you. And here are some other truths as you're going through your inventory so that you won't quit. Because if you do quit, you're destined to repeat that. And you don't want to. That's why we do it is to look at the patterns and the priorities and the past and the pain so that we don't carry it into the future. Like how crazy. The people that quit at step four, they're gonna be back. We've got stories of it. Because your past will follow you in, it'll continue in your present and your future unless you deal with it. You've got to. But when you do, when you do, you remember and you stand on these truths. In 50, Psalm 51, it says, you cleanse me white as snow. And maybe it's a little too soon for the word snow and you just got triggered. <laughs> but snow is white, as white as the driven snow. It's white because it's water. And water is what we have been washed in that picture of baptism, like the old one who was slave to sin, dead, crucified with Christ, raised again up out of that water to walk in newness of life. Not better, not kind of with a new reputation, new. I don't, I, I am not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not a victim anymore. I live in a victor mentality despite my sexual abuse. It's not me. It's not me and it's not you. And the scriptures are replete with it. The, the, the reason why, like Paul writes and he says, he, he does a little inventory in 1 Timothy and he says, even though I was once a blasphemer and persecutor and violent man. When he says violent man, it means like, I was a bounty hunter of Christians and I dragged them into jail. I brought them before courts and they died at my hands. Talk about a searching and fearless moral inventory. But he goes on to say that the grace and mercy that is found in Christ Jesus may be put on display for all. And the scriptures say that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 
No condemnation. You've silenced the accuser. It's not you anymore. 1 Corinthians 6 says, he talks about all the wicked that won't inherit the kingdom of God. And he lists off a pretty good list, of which I hit many on it. So like adulterer, drunkard, glutton, everything. And then he says, and such were some of you, past tense, such were some of you, not are some of you, such were some of you, as I point to the trash on the ground, because it doesn't define me anymore. He says, but you were washed, which I'm reminded as I'm holding a Salmonella Bible now, washed by the Spirit of our God. It says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God, the Spirit sanctifies. Jesus makes us right with God, justifies by his life, death, and resurrection so that we too can have a new life. And like, <laughs> everything I just touched, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it made sense in my mind, but it's alcohol and I probably have salmonella. But you're washed. That's what the scripture says. And you'll never forget now. And I'm going to have diarrhea for a month. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, but nobody would say, that's John Elmore. Right? Like, who, who, would, who would say that's me? Nobody. This is me. Because Jesus has taken it away and he's made me new. Don't run from your inventory. If you do, you're gonna keep running in your past and into your past. To just keep on the cycle that you've already been here. But if you do that searching, fearless, moral inventory, you unpack the trash so that you won't repeat your past. And there's freedom in that. That's why we're here. Jesus will set you free from all that and keep you from going back to it. And if you're like, man, I already did my inventory and there's stuff that I didn't share, tonight's your night. Unpack your trash tonight. You may be on step 12. I walked in with a girl who was on step 12. Whatever the spirit brings to your mind tonight where you're like, yeah, that wasn't on my inventory. Unpack your trash. Be a leader in your group. And don't carry it into your future. You may be a first-time guest. You may be in groundwork. Unpack your trash. Not your whole life story. There's not time for it. We'll shut you down if you try because other people got to share. But you unpack your trash tonight. Go last 2%. The rest of it will be easy. And you, if you were in Christ, will be washed. Washed forever. Not like for tonight not like some nice feels because you said it in a group of people, but you'll confess, you'll be prayed for, and Jesus Christ will wash you with his blood, spirit sanctify you into him. Let me pray. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Most of all, thank you for Jesus who saves us from our sins. We're not defined by our past, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't repeat our past. And we're not defined by the trash in our past. We're defined by you. We are not our pasts. We're defined by a person, our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the conviction, the boldness, the humility to unpack the trash 
so we would never repeat the past. And we can only do that by you. We love you. Amen.